0: Welcome to the New Money Habits podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa.
1: Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside my partner on the airwaves, Sarah Jones. And today we have a listener question that we want to address. So we have recently uh, talked about student loans and it, uh, it it kind of drummed up a question from one of our listeners uh, so today Sarah and I are going to address this question one of our listeners is thinking about using student loans to pay off higher interest debt so they want to use the student loans to pay off other debts that have a higher interest rate. What say you, Sarah?
0: Well, do you want my long answer or my short answer, Nino?
1: I want the long answer.
0: Um, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> oh, instead, of no, answer. Absolutely instead of no, absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I completely agree with you end of episode. <laughs> Except I will explain. I think we yeah. both will explain a little bit why. So um I really do appreciate the question and it's actually mm-hmm. uh as I was sharing in the episode about student loans, I made a lot of mistakes with mm-hmm. what I was doing with my student loans and Although I can't remember exactly, I'm pretty sure somewhere along the way I used some of the money of the student loans to pay off other debts. Actually, I do. I think maybe I, I made the final, like, 10 payments uh, on my car with student loan money, right? Mm-hmm. So getting out of a 20% interest rate loan to use uh, use some of the student loan money to do that. And it was just a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake because, uh, as I shared in that episode, uh, I was using student loan money. I was treating it like it was income. And so I I lost sight of what it was really being used for. Um, and, And so it's not like I paid off the high interest rate stuff and then quickly paid off the student loan that I used. No, I just let that sit around for forever. And so I think it's one of those best intentions things, like you have the best intentions, but unfortunately most people aren't going to follow through on actually paying off the student loan in a timely manner. So you didn't really do anything except move the debt from one instrument to another. And so I just, that's just one of the many reasons I don't like the idea. What about you, Sarah?
0: Well, you know, I absolutely agree with all that. And, you know, for the listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, you know, I I encourage you to go back and and listen because there's a lot of good information in there that might even help um, frame up, you know, this question a little bit too, you know, and and give you some other ideas, um, you know, answers and why we're going this direction. But, you know, we know even if you set out those best intentions, right, you know, life is going to happen things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I'm just a big believer in, you know, student loans are for our educational experience, right. They're to help with getting that education. And, um, you know, my daughter, um, she is taking out student loans, um, currently and, you know, she, um, so just a short little section, cause I think it applies, you know, um, to this, but she said, mom, what do I do with some of the extra, you know, what, what do I do? Because I got more, in student loans and, and um, then what she actually needed to get classes taken care of and everything. And, you know, I, I told her, you know what, put it in your savings account and don't use it at all costs, you know, leave it there because when your, your payments start, right. Then you've got a big lump of sum of money, right. That you can just make that payment and, you know, make a big payment. Um, but don't, um, don't use it on other things, you know, a day turns into a week, a week turns into a month, and here we are 10 years later, right? And what we plan to do on day one is not what happened. And so I just, um, I just, it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, I don't want to use a loan from one area to pay off a loan from another area. I, I think that it gets us nothing but trouble, quite frankly. And and I would say that 99.9% of us aren't don't have the discipline involved you know, and and developed to be able to make it work successfully. And um, so I would, Mm -hmm. that's why I don't, don't use your student loan money to pay off higher interest debt, you know, get your plan together, know what your budget can, can handle, right. And make a plan for that high interest debt that doesn't include using, you know, another, using student loan money to pay it off. I just, I think it's a bad idea all the way around. I think your future self would kick (laughs) you.
1: Yeah. Yep. There's that future self again. Let's, let's consider <laughs> future self because too often we're making decisions for today's self and, and we mm-hmm. give no mind to um, who we're going to be in five or 10 years and what situation we're going to be in at that point. There was something that you said, Sarah, that I do want to challenge. Mm, I want. I okay. wanna, hopefully this is going to help you and your daughter think a little bit differently about that, um, that surplus in student loan payments or the student loan uh, disbursement that she received. Mm -hmm. And that is, there's nothing stopping you from paying that back to the federal government Mm. right now to Mm. reduce the amount of loans that you have out and to reduce the uh, amount of money that they're charging interest on. So Mm -hmm. I'll just use made-up numbers, but imagine that your daughter got um, dispersed $10,000 for school and she only needed seven to cover her expenses. And there's the other three that is mm-hmm. kind of the leftover by sending that $3,000 back to the federal government. That is $3,000 mm-hmm. less money being um, charged interest on. And, you know, sometimes we might say six of one half a dozen, the other, if I keep it for future um Schooling expenses, or I send it back to them, and then they just give it back to me in future schooling expenses. The difference would be that dollar amount. Mm-hmm. If it goes back to the government, that's six or twelve months of time mm-hmm. that it's not being, it's not um, accruing interest. So I would say get it back into their hands um, yeah. and, and whatnot. Curious. No, what you I think love about that. that.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And, you know, it makes sense. I, um, and I'll be honest, I don't know that um, I've considered that a whole lot. I just, um, and, and here's where, you know, I know a, a decent amount about student loans, but I've never had them myself. Right. And she's taken it upon herself mm-hmm. to learn about them. And, you know, this is a, um, I'm not above learning something new right? And looking at a a Mm -hmm. different perspective. And so um, I really like that. Actually, I think I might call her and have a conversation with her about it and say, you know what, maybe look at this option, right? You know, and, and pose Mm -hmm. both options to her. Um, She is one Mm -hmm. I would call, you know, pretty darn smart with her money. Um, But we just said, right, we never know when, when life can happen and we might think of those as reserves that we can use now and then pay back later. You know what? I think it would be, it might be better just to send it on back, um, save on the interest. I really like that. And I appreciate you saying that because, um, great advice. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think it, we often say we're here to share education, right? Like we don't, if we don't have these conversations, then we can't necessarily get educated about these things. Mm-hmm. In our episode about student loans, I shared that I worked for a university. So I have maybe a little bit more of an intimate familiarity with how student mm-hmm. loans work because I've worked for a university. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that episode, I also talked about aggregated loan limits. So the federal government basically says, this is how much money we're willing to give you over the course of your lifetime in student loans for a particular degree. So there's some money for undergraduate, and then there's some money for, uh, if you go on to your graduate Mm -hmm. degree. And so often, because of these, they're called stipends. So once the federal government disperses money to your school and all of those Uh, expenses are paid and then they send the student a check that's called a stipend. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we hit these aggregate loan limits is because we take and we retain these stipends instead of there's two options. One, you could just send it back, but there's another option that a lot of times, again, schools just don't take the time to educate their, their students, but students can choose when they're filling out the financial aid application there's a place to say, what do you want us to do with the extra, the stipend? And right Mm -hmm. there, they usually most schools will default it to send it to the student. But there is Mm -hmm. an option to say, return it to the financial institution so that you actually don't even get it in the first place and that money stays in reserves ready for you to use in the future if needed. So Mm -hmm. I hit... My aggregate loan limit, because I'm an idiot, uh, first and (laughs) foremost, but I would have hit it even if I wasn't a complete idiot, because nobody would have said, hey, don't retain those stipends, because Mm. they count against you. They count against your aggregate loan limit. And so Mm. you might go into your final year, and there's no more financial aid money for you, because you retained all of those stipends. And they're like, well, you've hit your limit.
0: Hmm. See, and I love these. This is another great example, um, you know, that just shows that I learn something new all the time also, right? And and um, student loans, I've said it, you know, that I've never had them personally. But sometimes they feel a little bit overwhelming to go and look and read and you're filling out all these applications, right? And there's a lot of information on there. And um, I'll be the first mm-hmm. one to admit that, um, you know what? I haven't read all the fine print, <laughs> haven't read all, you know, and, and, and to read it, you know, sometimes it's written, um, not for, for us, you know, normal folks here, um, to, to fully understand it. And so, um, Um, You know, and if you're, if you're just listening to this, maybe YouTube would be good because I use a lot of hand gestures in some of this too, but, um, you know, it's just, I I love having these conversations, you know, again, because I've always said I'm not above learning, right? And, and um, this is really great information that I can then pass along and have a conversation with my daughter about too, right? Um, Because it will help her not only in the immediate, but definitely long term. Um, you know, with her many 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 years of college that she's planning on um, with a degree that she's looking to get so um, super helpful.
1: Yeah let's imagine for just a moment, if we take that example of the numbers, the totally made up numbers that I used a few moments ago, let's say that um, each of the four years uh costs your daughter seven thousand dollars, so that would be twenty eight thousand dollars but they sent 10 each of those years. Well, that would be $40,000. Mm-hmm. So she would be paying back an extra $12,000 in student loans mm-hmm. that she otherwise didn't need. And that would have been an extra $12,000 accumulating interest, interest that she didn't need. And so it's it's even just from the numbers perspective of, mm-hmm. of it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share, you know, this otherwise useless knowledge that, ended up being very useful (laughs) after I left the university. Like now I know how it Mm -hmm. all works. And now I can help people to avoid some pitfalls that again, at the end of the day, we're responsible for what we decide, but it would be really, Mm -hmm. really nice if people educated us along the way. So if a financial Mm -hmm. aid officer just took a few minutes to say, listen, there's a really important option here for you. And we want to make sure Mm -hmm. that, you're making an informed decision. And they would just even use made-up numbers like I just did. I think so many more people could make an educated, informed decision to say, oh, okay, I don't want you to send me the extra money, please just send it back to the financial Mm -hmm. institution that is is servicing my loans.
0: Right. Well, and, you know, and I was just thinking when you were talking about this, you know, going back to the question, right, on, you know, paying off higher interest with um, higher interest debt with student loans. And, you know, you brought up a really, another really great point about knowing your numbers, right? And really just looking at it from a number standpoint, you know, and this, um, the listener that, that submitted the question, you know, that higher interest, you know, what's the term of that loan, you know, so you could even run some numbers and just look, um, you know maybe it's higher interest, but you're pay- you could you you have the ability to pay it off in a much shorter amount of time versus your student loans, which very well could be many 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 years right um and so you yeah. really would be saving yourself by not using your student loan money right just depending on what your numbers showed too so you could you could potentially be causing yourself even some more frustration um by thinking that you would pay off that mm-hmm. high interest debt quicker when it might not be the case, you know? And that's a just a good point of really knowing the numbers, right, and running the numbers to see what, um, not that I want you to, even if it works out the other way, but just knowing what your numbers look like. Um, it's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes me think of another reason. I said there was a couple, there's many reasons why I think this is a bad idea. And this next reason that I have, at at first, it's going to sound a little off because it sounds off in my head. But just kind of bear with me for a second. But earlier I said I don't like the idea that you didn't actually get rid of the debt. All you did was you transferred the Mm The, the debt instrument from maybe like a car loan to a student loan. All you've done is transfer the, the, the debt. Well, it's really important to understand that federal student loans are guaranteed to the banks that make them, which means you will never, ever get out of having to pay that student loan. And when we were talking about student loans in our last episode, I I shared Mm -hmm. uh, the instance of one of my clients who ended up in default and her wages were being garnished for the student loan. Well, if you use your student loan to pay off higher interest debt, then you can never claim bankruptcy. This is the part that's gonna sound wonky, right? I never wanna set people up for failure, but if you ever got to the point where you need to declare bankruptcy, If you Mm took $12,000 of your student loans to pay off a car, you cannot declare bankruptcy on the $12,000 student loan. But if you had to, you could have declared bankruptcy on the car and gotten out from underneath it. Now, Mm -hmm. bankruptcy is another conversation for a whole other day, and I'm not a fan of bankruptcy. I'm just trying to illustrate one other reason why you wouldn't want to take an unsecured debt. Mm-hmm. and transfer it into the most secured type of debt there is on the planet. Right.
0: Well, and, you know, even if you take the bankruptcy conversation out of that, right, There's, there are always options. And, you know, if I'll just use the car loan, for example, right, there are always options available for, you know, getting out of that loan. You know, you could sell the car and and, you know, um, come up with a difference that there are ways to get out of it versus, um, you know, Mm -hmm. putting yourself in a really, really bad position, right. Because there's no getting out of paying back your student loans. Right. And so in every other case, um, that I could think of, there's, there are ways to work those other loans to change payments or work with the companies on, you know, more options, I guess, and and more flexibility. So um, yeah, that's another great point, another great point.
1: Yeah, you know, Mm. to your point, there's other ways, like after you have student loans, your credit score might've gone up and now you can refinance the car to a better interest rate. Might just be (laughs) one of the things that may (laughs) have, um, may have been a small little plus in um, getting the student loans in the first place. And for Mm -hmm. anybody who might be thinking, like when I said you can't get out of uh, student loans with bankruptcy, and and Sarah, you said something about not being able to get out of student loans. For any of those listening now who might be thinking, yeah, but there's student loan forgiveness, if you haven't listened to our last episode, you need to go back and talk about the myth that is student loan forgiveness, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of misconceptions about that, but I won't take time today to kind of rehash those misconceptions. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll just plug the podcast instead. Go back to the last episode.
0: (laughs) Right. And, you know, there's, um, you know, and I'll just encourage people too, right, to um, go to studentaid.gov, because there's a ton of information on that website as well. Um, You know, we talked about that in the previous episode, but I, I never, I don't think it hurts to just go there and look around, right? Gain more information, gather information. Um, I think I definitely could have benefited from that. Um, You know, when uh, spending some more time there, Um, Mm -hmm. certainly spending some more time there and looking around because everything that you need to know is really on that website Um, and tons of frequently asked questions even. And we're, you know, we're happy to answer them on the podcast, but you can go directly to the source as well. Right. And, and get a ton of information. So just want to plug that again, really quick, Mm -hmm. because for people that don't know that that source is available, that's the one source that you can go to. That's got all of the, the, um, true information, not all the clickbait stuff. So,
1: and so Sarah, there's another angle that I want to look at this question from, Mm -hmm. Uh, this question about whether or not to use student loans to pay off higher interest debt. And that angle is through the prism of habits. So when we think about high interest debt, typically that's consumer credit. That's a credit card, a store department mm-hmm. card. Sometimes it's it's a uh, auto loan. But for the most part, that high interest debt is consumer debt, which means you spent money you didn't have to do something like take a trip, buy furniture, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And so I would strongly uh, recommend against using student loans to pay off other debt because of the habit. The, you, you've done nothing to address the consumer habit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you could take your student loans, pay off a high interest balance, but what's to stop you from charging up that credit card again and getting yourself Mm -hmm. into an even, into deeper debt and a more precarious situation?
0: You know, another great point. Um, Because, you know, and this question really makes me think, um, you know, and, and I can assume a lot of things, or, you know, I, I'm creating a lot of things about this question in my head, but, you know, I really like this, Nino, because even with using, you know, it, it's a habit to use that student loan money, right? You're creating a habit. You're, you're giving yourself permission. If you're using that student loan money to pay off higher interest debt, right? You're giving yourself permission to do that. And you're in, you're creating a, a, a habit that, um, I'm going to say is probably very destructive. Right, instead of going back and really Mm -hmm. looking at what is that student loan money for, right? What is it? Why did I take it out? I'm I'm going to venture to guess that nobody takes student loan money out to use on other things intentionally. I'm going to hope that that's not the case. That we're taking it out for an education to help with our educational costs, right? And so you build that habit and use it for what it's meant to be used for, and and to your point, right? Address the habits of. How did how did you get the higher interest? Like you said, probably consumer debt, right? How did that build? Um, and really take a look at those habits because you're doing yourself a favor in the long run if you're addressing those habits and creating new ones to take you forward. That's going to leave you in a better spot going forward and not always having, you know, I'll say again, robbing Peter to pay Paul, because that's really what it is. You're using out of one to pay another one. And you're really not getting ahead if you're not addressing the habits that got you in this place in the, to start with.
1: Yeah. I think your word destructive is absolutely the right word. Mm -hmm. This, this could be the, Uh, the genesis of a really bad habit that your yourself 10, 15, 20 years down the road is Mm -hmm. really going to be mad at your younger self for. Because if you started the habit early of taking student loans to pay off high-interest stuff because you want to save on the interest, Mm -hmm. then you're going to form a habit that's going to lead you down the road Of refinancing your house to take money out, to take equity out of your home, to pay off higher interest consumer debt. And if you do nothing to ever address the habit of consumerism Mm -hmm. and always buying things before you have the money to afford them, this is going to be a vicious cycle that 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you're going to look back at yourself 20 years ago and say, Boy, if only I knew then what Mm -hmm. I know now. And so by listening to Sarah and I today, you do know now what you in 15 years, you'll be like, man, I'm so glad I knew that back then Mm -hmm. because I would be in such a worse position now had I not listened.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I love about these conversations that we have because really we're, you know, we're bringing different perspectives, right, and different options and just sharing with people all potential um, downfalls, right, of making a decision, right, and also the potential upsides of all of those decisions too, right? And so I love that we're having these conversations, Nino, because they're real, true, legitimate conversations that so many of us face every single day and where maybe people aren't able to, where nobody else is really talking about it, like we're talking about it. Right. And just giving people the, a bigger picture Mm -hmm. of their situation. Right. And things to be considering and things to be thinking about. If, if, if we do nothing else than to, to allow people that pause, right. To say, well, hold on, this was the, this, this was the decision I was going to make, but you know what, I'm going to pause here for a second because I want to think about this a little bit more. And what am I gaining from it? And what are my um, potential downfalls, you know, of of this decision? So I love it that we're having these conversations to give people really the, the big picture look of what their decision could be costing and affording them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate the the question that came in from our listener. Um, To kind of reiterate, I think, you know, we both agree that using student loans to pay off higher interest debt is a bad idea for a number of different reasons. And so if you're looking to develop a plan to take control of your money, which includes eliminating that high interest debt, it also means reducing or eliminating acquiring any new debt debt. And if you're looking for some help to establish and execute that kind of plan where you get back in control of your money, uh, you can schedule a time to sit down with either Sarah or myself. Uh, You can look at the show notes for a link to our calendar. You can visit newmoneyhabits.com and schedule a session there. We also have some tools on the website that will help you to create a plan that helps you to eliminate debt, avoid taking out new debt, and put you on a path to taking control of your money. Sarah, I think this was another great conversation. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the fact that we got to address uh, one of our listeners' questions specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we have a couple other other questions in the hopper for uh, future episodes. So I'm really excited to uh, continue the conversation next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like minded people on Facebook
1: and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.